I'm grateful for that because you know my mom is well set up, <laughs> um, and she don't have to she doesn't have to worry about anything. You know when he passed in in 2000, she she ain't missed a beat. So just you know those things. You know and, and no gun, no GoFundMe for 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 our yeah, our yeah, funerals, yeah. that that type of thing. Just you know taking the the net the information that's available. There's so much information mm. out there, right? You know I just try to honestly lead by example, lead my family by example. Um, my children, by example, now as as it relates to to, to, to the wife, that that has been a working process, right? Right. God has had to to work on me, yeah. you know, in certain areas, and just to understand, even like with her, like when we would bump heads, and I would want to try to you know set things in order because I'm a director and I'm you know this that and the other, and this needs to be that way. And God has basically told me like, look, you fall back, work on you, <laughs> just work. If you work on you. I work on her, yeah. and when Ooh. I finally took that advice and I heeded that advice, it's like everything is so so much harmony now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it took me it took me a minute to get to that point. All right, family, welcome to another episode of the Well Blueprint series. We have conversations from the intersection of family and finance. I'm one of your hosts, D. Johns. Philip Washington Jr. Today, as you guessed it, we got an amazing guest. I got I got to do it better. I need some more adjectives. I said amazing, wonderful. Hey, Beyonce's word is amazing. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, she, I'm all about it. Shout out to it, the house. It worked for her and she <laughs> and she sells out everything. As as we shall at the due time. No, we got an amazing guest today. Uh, Carlton Young, welcome to the show. How are you, my brother? I'm great, man. I truly appreciate you guys having me on the on the Wealth Blueprint podcast. I'm excited. Yeah, man. We made that trip from uh <laughs> from far. From let's say Oklahoma. <laughs> I was gonna say New York. Won't put your business out there, but he could have took two trains and a and a transfer. Uh but we appreciate you being here nonetheless, man. Um we kinda get started with the background, man. Where you where you from? What's home? What was kinda like your early home environment life like? Tell us a little bit about that. I'm originally born in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, grew up in a, a area called West End. Live with my grandmother, my mom, my uncle. You know the typical black family. Never, never knew my dad. Mm. My mom ended up getting married um, to the man I call my dad now. When I was four years old, um, he was in the Air Force. Um, went from Alabama to Florida, Eglin Air Force Base. Spent a couple of years you there. Eglin? Yes, sir. Very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Then we ended up going to Germany. Ended up Ramstein. in Montana. Yep. Ramstein. Yep. 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 And then we ended up in Montana at Malstrom Air Force Base. Mm. And then my dad retired and we moved back to Alabama. So went to went to high school up in Huntsville where he was started working for the post office after he retired. And I ended up going to Alabama A&M for a couple of years. And then I figured out right now it's not, I'm not focused. And he's like, Hey, what you doing? You ain't, you ain't, you ain't give me my money's worth. So you got to figure <laughs> life out. So right. <laughs> I ended up going to the military myself. Huntsville, you familiar with Oakwood? Yes. I got a couple partners that's, that's from Oakwood. Yeah. Yeah. See how this is weaving together nicely already. This is going to be an interesting conversation, man. Um, military kid. What, 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 Benefits or drawbacks, looking at it in hindsight, would you uh, kind of attribute to being a a military kid? Man, I would say that uh, a level of discipline mm. that I probably wouldn't have had if my father wasn't in the military. Um, he was a man of few words. And when he said, hey, this needs to be done, 
it got done. You know what I mean? And there wasn't no hemming and hawing. I, I, I made sure it got done and um, just taught me getting up, going to work every day, the importance of timeliness. Like <laughs> my wife will hate for me to say this now, but she knows like I'm, I'm going to be 15 minutes early versus getting there on time because right. if we get on there on time we, we late right. so he would always say you got to leave beforehand because you never know what you're going to face mm-hmm. on your trip to where you're going you could get in an accident you could get into a, a traffic jam yeah. and you end up late and it could cost you the opportunity of your life mm. yeah my, my wife was Air Force as well but she's abandoned those principles <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's abandoned those principles man <laughs> uh, no go ahead um, what part what, what, what's the most um trying to think of the right word what, what part of your childhood story was the most either memorable or impactful and I'm interested because moving around like what what where did your story kind of start to, to to shape who you've become today and I know you change over time but I think there's an interesting dynamic when you when you move around you trade friends and you're in different environments uh, my, my wife was in the military the first eight years of our marriage. Luckily, we didn't have to move, but I was mm-hmm. always prepared for that. I wonder how it would impact, you know, our children. So, like, like if you could pick a point in your story where you started to kind of understand life and the life you wanted early on. Um, it's interesting because I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, West End, predominantly black education system, mm-hmm. Birmingham inner city schools, right? You go to Florida. Now you're interacting with every race, right. you know. So early on, it taught me to be able to respect, be able to get along with and have different viewpoints, but still be able to respect each other. Right. Mm. Um, and honestly, certain 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 areas of that journey, it teaches you it's really not about color. Like most of us are not inherently born racist. Right. It's something that's taught to us. So I had some really good white friends that I hung around with, you know, um, Hispanics. So I, I learned to interact with everybody. Gotcha. And honestly, it, it serves you well when you get out in the real world because it's just not, you know, all African-American people. It's not all. Right. Hispanic people, it's, it's a melting pot of people and you got to be able to learn to get along with everybody and understand the differences and respect the differences because ultimately at the end of the day, every, everybody's after the same thing. Mm. Mm. In Montana, how was Montana? Cause you said Montana. I, I was like, I seen like a, I guess it was good to go to Germany first before Montana, but even those two are like different kind of, uh, I mean, way different culturally. Brass cold. <laughs> I could remember going to school, catching the bus, like, you know, how here, if it even just there's a little oh yeah, pinch of ice, shut mm-hmm. it down. they shut it down. It, it doesn't happen up there. I, I remember having to have the, 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 the ski suit, putting that on to go to school, ski boots or uh, winter boots. You had to put them on over your tennis shoes, walk to the. Because there was stop. a bunch of snow everywhere. Yeah, you actually, I literally, we would go to school. School would be up to your, like your knees. I was about 13, 14 then. <laughs> yeah. And you would, the buses would run. Nothing shuts now. So really cold out there. Um, it's funny. It's like during that time frame, rap was just like coming onto the scene. So you, we didn't have no R&B stations. So <laughs> all I listened to was like rock and, 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 and different type of music. So it was just weird, man. But, you know, it, 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 again, it's, it taught me 
to, to look at things from a panoramic view, a 360 view versus through just a, a, a single lens. What was your, uh, what's your job in the, you in the Air Force, right? Or you no, said you went in the military. Army. Yeah, I was in the Army, so army? I was going to go to the okay. Air Force, but they wanted me to wait a year. And again, I had, I, could, I wasn't going back to school yeah. and I was working a part-time job at like a fast food restaurant. And I'm like, man, I cannot do this. <laughs> so I talked to the recruiter. He's like, yeah, I can get you in there. It's going to be about a year, though. We got to back up. And then this cool brother, I'll never forget his name. His real name was Sergeant Fresh. His real name was Sergeant yeah. Fresh. And he had one of those. He had a, he had a, one of them box Maximus back in the day. That yeah, It was yeah, yeah. it was Burgundy. He pulled up. Yep. He mm-hmm. pulled up in that joint. Young kid. from He was like from from New York, I believe. And Joker, he, uh, he started talking. He like, uh, he was going to the Air Force, right? He's like, yeah, when are you supposed to leave? I'm like, man, I'm probably not going to leave till, you know, the beginning of next year. He's like, oh, man, I'll get you out of here in like two weeks. You lying. So he was able to get me out of there two weeks. So I was actually in communications, Signal Corps. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, before, I don't, I don't want to jump to your career yet, mm-hmm. but I, I do want to, because I know, well, we'll jump there and then we're going to mm-hmm. jump back. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, talk about, like, your career and where you spent the most of your time career-wise after, um, you know, after uh, military. Because I know you got into sales at some point, but did you start yeah. off in sales? Or? No. So, actually, I, I, I originally did, like most people, when I get out of the military, let me go get a government job. I actually worked at the post office for, like, four years. And I'm like, bro, I, I, I can't, I don't like this. Because it was, it was not a challenge. All I did was put up mail, pull it down, drop it off in the mailbox. I didn't like it. Um, they wanted me to go into management, but I, I wasn't interested in it there. So I decided to go back into what I was trained for in the military was communications. So I went back and got my degree in electronics. Um, so then I went into communications field. So mm-hmm. I was working. For, I worked for Verizon for several years. Um, I became a, like a fiber technician. And then I did that for a while. Then um, again, they spotted, you know, you know, they, they, they saw the leadership capabilities that I had. Um, I had a mentor. His name is Rick Stiggers. He started grooming me to take over a, another position, um, which is like a quality trainer. Cause I would train people on, you know, standards, procedures, you know, upcoming product launches, things of that nature. So I, I, I did that. And, and, and while I was doing that, Verizon was paying for your education. So I went back and got my MBA. Um, because again, I was going to try to move up the corporate ladder that way. Um, while I was in, in school, getting my MBA, um, was, was, was a partner of mine. His name is Trevor Smith. He was in pharmaceutical sales. A young cat. One day he'd be in a vet. Next day he was in a 300 Chrysler when those was popping, right? <laughs> and, um, like, man, what are you doing? Like, I'm thinking he's slanging, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's like, nah, I'm in pharmaceutical sales. So we started talking. He kind of started breaking down sales to me. And then I saw that there was an opportunity for you to actually make the type of money that you desire to make without having to deal with a lot of the uh, management aspect of managing people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I started trying to get into the sales. And that was around 2008, 2009. Good friend of mine. Um I used to have this, I had my own flag football league at one time mm. and I had you know, out of Mansfield and, um, he was on my team and, um, he told me about the job that he was doing at that point in time and they were looking to hire somebody. And so we chopped it up. He's like, yeah, I think you gotta, you, I think you got the transferable skill set to, to, you know, succeed in sales. Got me an interview. 
I, I was able to smash the interview. And in 2009, I jumped into um, what they call the testing, inspection and certification business. So basically these cameras, um, airplane engines, anything that go before it goes to the marketplace, it has to go through a certification. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do deal with like a lot of manufacturers. So I, I jumped into sales. I, I sold in the IT space. And my territory was like Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, New Mexico. So that was like my venture into sales. And when I start seeing the commission checks, I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the right place. I wish I would have got into it sooner. And, and, it, and it was selling to government, uh, to the government, to big corporations? Uh, basically, like I'll go out to like, say, a Samsung or a um, LG or a, um, anybody who is 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 releasing their product to the, to the marketplace, whether it was a cell phone, it could have been a, um, a, a VCR, it could have been a, a DVD player, all those companies, mm-hmm. they have to send it through like FCC certifications. They want to make sure that your product doesn't bleed over into other bandwidths when you're operating it. And you remember how you used to get that buzz and that tick sound on mm-hmm. your phone. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure that you're within on the right spectrum. And then there's like, you know, safety testing to make sure you don't, you don't get shocked when you plug it up. So it. I will go deal with manufacturers directly to the manufacturers and like production floors and manufacturing facilities, you know, speaking with the directors of engineering and things of that nature, the ones who made the decision on how they get their products tested, who test their products. So that was kind of my, my job is travel around to different factories. So it could have been a mom and pop. I dealt with mom and pop all the way up to Fortune 500 companies. That's dope, man. Is this like CEUL certification? Yes, sir. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I figured you might know about that. Yeah. yeah I, so I was, I was in supply chain for, for uh, government supply chain for 20 years. And um, the last 14, 15 were in procurement person subcontracts. So the government will flow down all these regulations and had to make sure that they met these certain certifications of mill specs. So I'm familiar with it uh, in that regard. I want to pull back just a little bit to um, you referenced leadership mm-hmm. early in the conversation. And I, I get that leadership has its um, rewards and it has its headaches. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sounds like in the sales space, you found a little bit more autonomy to deal with you and kind of write your own checks. But where did the leadership qualities or capabilities come from? I know your dad was military. You went in the military. Like, what would you attribute that skill set to? Would people recognize it in you and say it? I think it's the way that I carried myself. And I was always, you know, as they say, um, on top of everything, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's, mm-hmm. um, led by example. I didn't complain. You know, I, you know, my dad always taught me whatever you're doing, you're not just doing it for that job or that person. You're doing it for God. And it's a, it's a direct representation of how you feel about God and your relationship with God. So I would always try to do everything to the best of my ability. And then just, you know, being in leadership, you know, always trying to succeed. I mean, not being in leadership, but always trying to succeed mm-hmm. and, you know, put my best foot forward. And then just getting around the right people, right? It's like, you know, your circle, your network matters. So when I was in Germany, on my first duty station, I had a group of uh, non-commissioned officers that like saw something in me and they poured into me and they pulled me to the side and they would, no, you don't want to do that. Do this. Mm -hmm. This is what you need to do to get ahead and get, you know, get promoted. So I was able to go, you know, go get promoted, you know, a little bit quicker than my peers in advance. And they started seeing, you know, as I was maturing as a person, 
you know, I guess they just said, I, I, I see he can take this next next step. A lot of times people see something in you before you see something in yourself. Because <laughs> um, at that time, I, I really didn't see a lot of myself. You know, I still had my own inner demons, you know, just from how I grew growing up. And I didn't grow up a bad in a bad way. But again, you know, I, I, I never saw my biological father in my life. If that dude was to walk through the door, I wouldn't know who he was. Mm. So just dealing with that type of stuff and thinking it didn't affect me, but it did affect me. But, you know, having people that pour the right thing in, in, in into me and then having a, a stepdad or a dad that actually, you know, loved and cared me because, man, I was <laughs> I was a knucklehead too. Yeah. Growing up, got in a lot of trouble. Well, well and, and this is a question for both of y'all. I, I would like both of y'all's perspective on this. Like leadership, what, what would y'all say? I'm trying to I'm trying to ask it in a way that communicates what I'm trying to ask, but it's like hey, everybody's a leader in a certain capacity mm -hmm. because somebody's always looking up to you whether you know it or not. Right. So but like from the perception of like a, an above average leader, right? What makes somebody an above average leader um that that people want to follow? Like you were just falling into it you know, like what were some of the traits and things that, and you kind of explained it, but like if you were to. And like I, and differentiators or what yeah, you from? Yeah, like, like, cause I don't, I don't, I don't like, I'm trying to, you know, we have to go relative, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to think in relative terms to, 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 to differentiate. So like, yeah, what's the differentiator between you and other people um, that you were working side, you know, beside that said, Hey, this guy is definitely a, a good leader. Um, I just kind of took charge, right? When mm -hmm. things needed to get done, you know, sometimes I ended up, you know, not by like, like I want to take over, but I would just kind of like, let's set the example, kind of rally the troops. Hey, how do we get this done? You know, what's the quickest way for us to, to be, you know, efficiently get the, the task at hand completed. So I would always be the person that would, you know, kind of rally the troops um, I had another partner that me and him would like work together. We were on the same team and we always just kind of thought, thought alike. So we just kind of always would take the lead and, you know, cause you got some people that are just going to sit back and wait. I'm more like, I'm going to take charge and get it done. So then I can relax on the back end. Got it. That, so you were that, just going to solve the problem without being asked. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very similar for me. Um, and I won't, uh, restate what you said. Um, but I think in addition to that, for me, it was the ability or the, they saw that my motive was to make sure that the right thing was done, mm -hmm. not to show that I'm right. Right. Mm. And even when I got into leadership, that's something I always told my team. I'm like, cause some would <laughs> make the mistake of venting up. That's mm -hmm. not always what you do, um, to a degree, but they would complain about somebody not getting it. Right. And I would say, so you, I agree that you're correct. Now what? Exactly. <laughs> you got whatever you needed from that, somebody acknowledging that you're right. Now, how do we go make sure that the solution, the right solution is implemented? And people started to get it. And that kind of made my job a little bit more easy taking on that kind of mentality because if it was about me getting the credit for being right, um, I, pr I either wouldn't have succeeded or I'd have left right. very, right. very early on. So it, it's something that I joke about is, the game for me was getting you to say what I needed you to say 
right. as if it was actually your original thought. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times people think leadership is about me. Like, look at me. I'm the leader. I got, it's not about you. It's about like, so in my career, you know, I don't want to go too far ahead. And I was, a, I was a sales director in my last position. I ran the West Coast. I always made sure that I took care of my team. I always made sure that they feel valued and respected. And I also made sure that they got the recognition for the things that they did. You know, of course, I'm going to get the recognition because I led the team. But I'm like, no, this was, you know, so-and-so. They did this. That was their idea. They took the initiative. They run it by me. I, I approved it. So, you know, it's about leading by example, adding value to the people that work for you so that they can actually make the next step. If you're a leader and you're not grooming somebody to replace you or take the next step in their career, then you're not a leader. Mm. Leadership is just not about a title. It's about who you are, what you are, and how you feed the people that that work for you or that report to you to get the mission done and also to show them that they are respected and that they are more than just a number or 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 a person in a seat to get a get a job done. You know, and that's what they I was taught early in the military is like the people that work for you or report to you, you take care of them. You take care of them, they will take care of you. Mm-hmm. And I, I get phone calls to this day from people that I just matter of fact, got a phone call from one of my old reps yesterday. He's like, man, we miss you. <laughs> I wish you were still here. Um, but he's telling me, you know, he got a new job. I'm like, great. I'm glad to see, you know, that it worked out for you. But I still get calls from my team talking about how much they missed, missed because I didn't make it about me. I made it about them. Mm. You um introduce it, what I interpreted as. Uh, faith principles being a part of you. Yes. Um, how, how does your faith show up in your professional journey? And even as you kind of think about wealth and what it means and what's important from, from wealth perspectives, how does faith show up in those areas? Faith shows up huge because I've been through so many things in my life. Like, honestly, feel like I'm not even supposed to be here. Mm. Like um, I, the gangbangers, they call a zipper. I actually have a zipper. I was shot in the military, point blank range. I'm not even supposed to be the, mm. in, 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 in the surgeons. Like if it would have hit your AOR, I don't know which way he said it was supposed to went. But if the bullet would have went a centimeter some the other way, he said he didn't give me like directionality. But it hit your aorta and you would have instantly bled out. Mm. So I stayed in the hospital for for about a month. I had two surgeries. One initially had to go back and repair a blood clot. I got holes in me from where they plug tubes in me. And my mom set the basis for faith. My grandma set the basis for faith. Like I was just talking to my mom on the way here and she was talking about, you know, when, when I was born and she was kind of alone, she had her family, but she was alone. She was only 19. And how she was listening to like some preacher holding me, rocking me. So it's almost like it was just like, I'm, I'm going to permeate this word through you. Mm-hmm. So as you grow up, it, it, it'll show up when you need it. Mm-hmm. So, from it. so just going through that. those things in life, right? Mm-hmm. And understanding that, you know, I'm so messed up and I made so many mistakes. That I need, it's gotta be God for me to be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It's not by my goodness. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not dumb, but I ain't like no genius. But in the places that God has brought me and the things that I've been able to see and experience in life, it has to be God. It has mm-hmm. to be some, some level of faith. And just, I know that, you know, 
if I believe in, in God and, and what he's shown himself to be for me, I will continue to elevate in life and uh, get to the place that he wants me to be in order to impact people from a holistic standpoint of spirituality, physical fitness, mental fitness, and personal and, 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 and professional growth. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm listening and I, and I was on purpose listening with the ear from somebody who's looking in and going, yeah, man, but you was lucky. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you know, you, you, uh, you, you know, you had a two parent household for most of your life, right? You, you, you have people praying for you, you know, uh, that's good for you. And I appreciate you, but, uh, uh, how do I, how do I get past my demons? Right. Meaning, so, so what I want, if, if you don't mind, like, can you, can you talk about, cause I, I know that's false, but I'm saying, can you talk about how you, uh, faith was a component, but then how do you expand your faith and, and, and personally like take steps to grow beyond, right? I, I think about it like we were all given gifts, like mm -hmm. everybody's given a gift. If you were born with America and you were born with a gift that's better mm -hmm. than most people in the world, right? right? So like, it's all relative, but like, how did you take your gift and then multiply it, you know, to do what you were supposed to do with, with your specific gift? Um, honestly, it's about what you feed yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And you just look at it from a physical aspect. Um, I'm a certified trainer, right? And people want to come and lose weight. Okay, they've probably gained weight over a course of time because they do not eat the right food. You know, you eat a lot of processed food, you eat a lot of, a lot of junk, you eat things that are not healthy for you, a lot of sugar, right? So of course your body and your metabolism is going to slow down because you're not feeding it the right things. So now let's take it from a mental aspect. Garbage in, garbage out. What are you listening to every day? What are you feeding yourself with every day? And you don't even have to read the Bible. I would say read the Bible every day, but if that's not your lane, start off with this motivational speaking. Somebody, there's, there's thousands of videos on YouTube that talk to you about transforming your mind. Whatever you think is what you attract. So if you don't want to say, I'm not coming from a biblical or, 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 or a God perspective, but just say, I'm coming from a positive place where I'm going to listen to something that's going to feed my spirit the right things, right? And I don't want to, like you listen to shoot them up, bang, bang all the time. That's what you want to do. Shoot them up, bang, bang. <laughs> but if you listen to somebody that's tell you that you are worthy, you have a talent, you can become better, you can do better. If you're listening to this on a consistent basis every day, at some point it has to snap, right? Mm -hmm. So what I tell people, first 30 minutes of my day, I'm going to set the tone for my day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to listen to something that feeds my, my soul the right way. So now I can move in my day and intentionality, 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 right? But if you get up, the first thing you do is you get on Instagram and you start scrolling. All you're going to see is a bunch of junk. So that you're setting the tone for your day. So just be consistent about how you feed yourself, what you feed yourself. If you feed yourself garbage, you're going to project garbage. Hmm. If you feed yourself proper nutrients, mentally, spiritually, physically, that's going to take root. So it just starts with you. Like you have to make it up in your mind mm -hmm. that, yeah, I, I, this happened to me, but if I don't change it, that's on me. Mm -hmm. I can't blame nobody else because I'm in the same situation that I started out in. 
that I don't like me. I'm like you when you're talking about you got one time to come to me talking about your problem. <laughs> After that, we need to talk about a solution. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to talk about a solution, then I don't really have much to offer you mm -hmm. because I will not become your garbage can. You will not dump all your bad energy, all your your negative feng shui on me. And mm -hmm. now I'm wondering why my day is off. <laughs> right. And I'm like, man, I don't, what's wrong with me? All because you listen to somebody, somebody else and dump their garbage on mm -hmm. you and they feel a little better, but you feel bad. That's exactly like, that. Man, you're a good listener. That's <laughs> yeah, Thank I, you for I'm, listening yeah. to me. Like, yeah. I appreciate you for listening. Man, yeah. you my God. Yeah. Why do I feel like this? <laughs> because they done basically took all their trash and dumped it on you. So again, we, we can talk about how you can become better do you want to become better mm. or do you just want to vent it's mm -hmm. like when you talk to your wife right they tell you I had to learn well, like sometimes my wife talks to me Please do you want me to listen to you or do you want me to give you a solution <laughs> so I know which way to, to, to respond yeah. because automatically the way that most men were built is we're going to come with a solution so when you come to me I'm already thinking solution how do we solve your issue as you're how saying do, it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wild, man. That's, that's, there was so much in there. One thing that I used to, um, I think I had a sign that said, um, problem, problem solvers are way more valuable than problem reporters. Right? <laughs> that's the one hundred. Right? And if, and if you have a problem that you continuously can't solve, we don't need both of us. Exactly. So I need to, I need you to come in here and, and, Let's discuss what you've thought through, even mm -hmm. if it's not the right thing. And then mm -hmm. I, I'm more apt to engage and give you my time because that's something I didn't learn early enough is that you got to be you have to be responsible with your time. Right. Mm -hmm. Every every person is not trying to replace you. And I'm when you said that, that re that 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 resonated with me, like I was looking at everybody trying to groom them to be a leader. Everybody doesn't doesn't right. doesn't want to be a leader. I want to. um I think it's a good time to kind of define from your perspective what wealth really means, right? And you can choose to include money or not. I'm not as focused on it. Right. Um, really but, but what, how do you, when you, not just what happens when you hear the word wealth, but for you, for your family, what does wealth mean? Well, for me and my family, my personal situation is just a, a, a prosperous standard of living and that doesn't just mean money you know you of course you want to have money to do a lot of the things that you desire be able to help other people and then to set up your children you know for generations to come right but also wealth is health because if you, you I could I could show you a billionaire if, if they get cancer or something I bet you they will give every every dime they had to get to be cured of that disease um so health is is is, is number one right just a healthy family. There's a good, good atmosphere and good energy where everybody is, for the most part, getting along and 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 and, and living in in a, a space of zen, understanding happiness. Wealth is continued progression in life. It's like I'm not going to be the same person I was yesterday, today, and so each day I want to, you know, go up, a, you know, one, get one percent better. Um, those are like the basis is for wealth for me, right? It's mm -hmm. just just a, a, a overall living, being able to accomplish what I was placed here to do, being able to enjoy my family and my children, and just to have my children value me and say, 
I appreciate you, Dad. I thank you for the things that you taught me. You've made me a better person. You've 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 given me the blueprint for me to be successful. Now I can run with it and I won't hit some of the pitfalls that you did growing up. So those are that's that's just the basis of wealth for me. Health, peace, harmony, and the means to to enjoy life. Um for me, I'm not a big name brand person, so I don't I don't need a lot of name brand stuff. If anything, I would spend my money on travel. That's that's mm-hmm. that's wealth to me being able to travel the world and learn more about different cultures, see how other people live, and just to understand how fortunate you are. So those are you know quick snapshot of wealth mm-hmm. for me. Have, have you found because you you and we can incorporate your set your your success um, your sales career up to date in what you're doing now, but I feel like. Um, you know, sales, the sales profession, whatever, however you define sales, everybody is selling is like the the profession that like you have to be a magnet for wealth to, to be good at it. Right. Meaning right. like you're creating money out of thin air. Like there's no salary. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're bringing, you're bringing revenue in, which makes the investors money, <laughs> which makes the management money, which makes you money. And so like, you're the, you're the front line for bringing in like dollars. So, um, so I, I, I feel like personally, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, a component of wealth in sales. Um, so can you talk about that? Like what, you know, do you, do you feel similarly? Oh yeah. And, and, and then like, what it, you know, um, uh, how important and like, and what is that component? Like, how do you become good at sales? You know? Right. So wealth is definitely there's sale, there's wealth in sales. And the thing about sales, sales will expose you really quickly. <laughs> if you like, you have to consistently be working on yourself. And that's where I started the, the journey of like personal development because I had to start reading books, you know, because I wasn't, you know, I didn't think I was like this great salesperson, but I knew how to connect with people. And I didn't want to come off as a car sales, salesy type of person where I'm just after a sale. So, you know, honestly, and I was going to say this real quick about like the last topic is like when you're talking about how you change, how you look at things. Also, you got to have a circle of people that'll hold you accountable and they'll tell you when you're right. Well, they'll tell you when they're wrong and they'll give you the feedback that you need, whether it's good or bad, that's going to help you improve yourself. It's almost like you have to have your personal board of directors. Hmm. Hmm. So <laughs> people that are not going to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. So I have people around me in sales is like, you need to read this book. Or when you go on, a, on, I would go on a meeting and, you know, I'd be with a client and, you know, I would, you know, maybe miss up, mess up how I handled the meeting or, you know, said something wrong or I, you know, overstepped my bounds. My, you know, my partner would be like, Hey man, say X, Y, Z next time do this. So one, you have to be willing to improve as a person on a daily basis. You have to hold yourself to a fire to want to be better because I saw the big picture. I saw the vision. So that's the thing with anything in life. If you see the vision and you know, if I can execute this vision, I can get where I want to go. So I saw where I wanted to be and I saw the opportunities ahead of me, but I know I had to do the work. Just like anything in life, like God will give you a promise. God will say, this is, I got this for you, but you're going to have to do the work and the process <laughs> steps to get to, to the end result. He's not going to drop the bag of money in your pocket unless he can trust you with it. 
if he can't trust you with it, he knows you're going to blow it. You're not going to get it. <laughs> so I had to get to that point where I could, you know, build myself up and, 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 and present value to the customers. That's the other thing, too, is you always have to present value to anybody that you interact with. No matter what business you're in, there has to be some value that you're offering. So I learned how to offer value. I learned how to solve problems for people. And the more value that you add, the more money that you make. And people don't realize that mm. it's not always about taking. It's a lot of times it's about giving. And then on the back end, you receive that dividend. So that's what I learned about sales. Yeah, I felt that coming. That that was the leadership intersection. And it's funny how it played because you're like, I solve problems. And then I was like, yeah, that is sales. Because in sales, right, you're saying, hey, hey, Mr. Potential Client, what problem do you got? If we can solve it, great. If not, we'll move on. And like, that's the... That's like the mindset that they kind of intersected perfectly for you, mm -hmm. right? You were a problem solver in leadership, problem solver in sales, problem solver in training, right. you know, yeah. you know, personal training. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Everybody has a problem. You just got to have a solution. <laughs> the person with the solution is the person who, who, who makes the money, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, if that's what you want to do, and I always tell like young, young kids, like if you're trying to figure out what you, you want to do, you know, a lot of time, just because you have a passion, that doesn't mean it's what you need to do. Sometimes passions are just projects, right? A little side thing. Sometimes it might be your purpose. But as you're trying to figure out what you're doing in life, and like my son, I tell him, you know, I got twin boys that are 23. One is actually in the Air Force. He's in Tokyo. The other one, he's working through trying to figure his life out. And that's fine. But like I tell him, you have to take steps to try. Mm. So if you don't know you like something unless you try it. And then if you if you do, if you fail at it, that's OK, because you tried. Now go to the next thing until you find where you where you fit. And so that's what I just tell people all the time. It's like you just got to find out where you're where you add the most value in life to people. And that could be the opportunity for you to turn that into a career or, or income. I think this is a great place for us to pause and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. And so, so many people in the journey of learning or the journey of uh, expanding their wealth, when you only focus on the condition or the child, like you, you, you miss the pleasure of the journey, right? It's like speeding through that creative process for creating a child. That's not, not, not as fun if you like speed through that process, right? The, the longer, the more drawn out the process, the better the experience. This episode is sponsored by the Wealth Building Made Simple Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other major podcasting platform. And we are black. We want to continue this conversation. Uh, you're talking about family before right. we took a break. Yeah, twin boys, um, mm -hmm. 23. My oldest is 20, and we're at that figuring life stage out. So I, I, I get it. That resonated well. I wanted to ask... The principles you were talking about in terms of being a great salesman or being great in sales, like how do they intersect with family and how you lead your household? Are there some overlapping principles or ways that you live that one informs the other in terms of your profession informing how you parent, how you, you know, how you show up as a husband or do or does your life at home more so impact how you show up in business? Honestly, I would say it probably flip flops, right? Um, I think as I, as I migrated to the sales space and got into personal development and, and just personal growth and 
I think that that sh- showed up with my children because I started trying to feed that same mindset to them. It's like, hey, in order for you, you're only going to go as far. Like what they say, a formal education will make you a living. Personal development and self, self-development will make you a fortune. I think mm-hmm. that's Jim Rohn that says that. And so I started trying to get them to to understand, to believe in themselves, to to to, to pour in themselves, to feed themselves the right way. Mm-hmm. So that you know was was one one aspect of my sales career that I took from from them. Leadership wise, I've always you know had a pretty good relationship with my my children. We bump heads here and there. You know, I have an older daughter too that is uh, twenty six. She actually has her own salon suites mm-hmm. in 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 the city. She's doing she's doing well. So. Um, um, then I have a 14 year old out of the twins and a nine year old. And so, um, five. yeah, <laughs> same with me. Yeah. Five. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, I just try to honestly lead by example, lead my family by example, um, my children by example. Now, as, as it relates to, 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 to the wife, that, that has been a working process, right? Right. God has had to, to work on me, yeah. you know, in certain areas and just to understand, even like with her, like when we would bump heads and I would want to try to, you know, set things in order because I'm a director and I'm, you know, this, that, and the other, and this needs to be that way. And God has basically told me like, look, you fall back, work on you. Just work. If you work on you, I'll work on her. And when I finally took that advice and I heeded that advice, it's like, everything is so, so much harmony now. Right. Mm -hmm. But it took me, it took me a minute to get to that point. Yeah, man. I'm, I, some days I still have moments of, um, like I had to, when I was actively in corporate, I wouldn't turn it off when I came home mm-hmm. because I felt like I had to be on all the time. Right. And I would bring my job home. Like if the phone rang at nine or if I got an email at mm-hmm. nine, I want to be the guy that answered it by nine fifteen. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So, um, can I ask both the other question on that too? No, go ahead. If you, if you have something you're about to go into. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't let me lose your thought though. If you want to go, I can, I can remember mine. It will go. So no, because y'all y'all brought up a topic and I was I was vibing with it because I was like, I feel like we all have a similar story where, uh, you know, we are natural leaders, uh, and uh, things kind of just we end up leading in our families and working organizations naturally, even though internally we may not figure out we know what's going on. So like I I know for myself, uh, my superpower has always been. I don't judge myself, but that's also been a, to others, a perceived flaw. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Right. Because I'm, I just, I embrace the learning process. So I go, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm just doing the best I can in the moment. And I'm trying not to wreck, you know, so, so you do that and you try not to wreck, well, you're going to wreck some stuff. But what I'm saying is like, uh, uh, how have y'all mentally um, embraced the leadership role? Um, knowing that you're going to continue to mess up, right? And and instill that thought into your family to, because I feel like you've been successful because you're not a, like, you, you know you're going to mess up mm-hmm. and you know you're going to mess up in front of people and they're going to see it, right? But I feel like that's a superpower. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, what, are, what is y'all's thoughts on that? And, and, and what are you doing to teach your kids about that? Because I think that's not talked about much. Part of leadership is leading in front and understanding you're going to fail, but also not judging yourself too hard so that you don't overthink the next decision. That's probably a better way to say it. You know what I mean? Which I think is hard for a lot of people to do. Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, 
So I would overthink. I'm an overthinker, but it rarely impacted me to where I couldn't make the next decision. Right. I would add more pressure to be right on the next decision so that my my wins and losses kind of make sense. But it never really um, paralyzed me from making that next decision in corporate. And my house is a little bit different. And, and it, I'm not odd that you said that. I, as he answered the last question, I wanted to kind of weave in um, like how much of the success and failures are we showing our children? Mm-hmm. Right. I know you have young boys, you have older, you, well, you have a, an array, yeah. <laughs> kind of like me. And I'm more aware of things now than I was with my 20 and mm-hmm. 17 and 16 year old. Now we got 10 and eight and they're seeing a different version. Yeah, exactly. And we actually had a conversation about it with um, my oldest daughter, and my oldest son over the weekend. And like, y'all are very different with them. <laughs> yeah, I've like, heard that conversation. Like, yeah. Right. As you know, better, you do better. Right. Uh, so, so, mm. so for me, um, like I, I, I doubled down on corporate because I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Where I struggled as a parent, I would double down on corporate because I mm-hmm. was good at it. Right. You caught that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in a space over the last few years that I'm I'm trying to um, undo some behaviors that um, that I've been aware of, mm-hmm. but now they're also seen. So now I'm starting to duplicate that right, right into my family. Um, but how much? either for both of y'all, because I guess we're all kind of entrepreneur space now, um, business owners, moguls in the making, whatever. But how much of the show do they see, right? And where do you pick points to explain, here's what's happening, here's maybe where I messed up in business or like, how, does, how, do, how do you kind of incorporate that into parenthood? For for me, uh, my 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 oldest have probably seen me at my lowest, mm-hmm. and they've seen me as I've as I've you know had a trajectory there to, to go back up, right? So, I think them seeing me bounce back from perceived defeat or setbacks, and for me to to, to explain to them, look, Dad did the best he knew how. Yeah, I there is no. Guy, there is no rule book on parenting. I just did what I thought was best. Took some tools from my parents that I thought was right, you know, right, wrong, and different now. But at the time, I thought that that was the best scenario, right? So for me, it's just being able to have like uh, uh, just open-ended conversations and, and real transparent conversations with my oldest. And and as you said, like with my youngest. Yeah, my oldest is like it's different. Y'all are different. You're you're more lax. I was like, well, you learn as you grow, right? right. You 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 change because you want to have a better relationship with with your children. So you know, me and my children, we never had like no acrimonious relationship. We had spots, yeah. but we've worked past those spots. So now my daughter will call me and talk to me for an hour on FaceTime. You know, my mm. son will too. And, that, you know, that's a good feeling. So that lets me know that I've, I've, I've done something right because they still want to be around me. And just from a leadership aspect, you have to give yourself grace and understand that you are not a machine. You are not Jesus Christ. You are not artificial intelligence. <laughs> You're going to make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. As long as the mistakes come from a, a good place and you, you had good intentions and you go to that person or you know, your wife or your children and say, Hey, yeah, I, I think I messed that up. I'm sorry. I, I've learned to do that 
as I've as I've grown older and I matured. Now, before I probably wouldn't have done that. I'd have been like, it is what it is. Okay, <laughs> you made mistakes too. Now what? You know. <laughs> but now learning just to, to to give somebody grace, and then you know say, hey, I, I've given you grace. Please give me the same level of grace yep. in this decision that I make. And then also, you know, when it comes to you know making decisions that affect your household, just you know. For the most part, I think me and my, my, my wife do a good job of that. You know, it's just coming to a joint decision. So everybody's, you know, kind of in a good place with it and just try not to make a decision. Well, I'm making a decision because I'm the man and this Ooh. is how it's going to be. Mm. I mean, if it gets to that point where you have to make a decision that this is the way we're going, you know, but also in order for you to, to, to get that level of respect, you got to lead like that, right? You got to lead. At all times, you know, mm-hmm. and that's one thing for me is, is you know, I, I'm a man's man. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. But sometimes God lets you know you ain't where you think you are. <laughs> right. So there's a le- there's levels that you need to to graduate to in order to get that that level of respect. So I think it's just being respectful of your children, not ruling with an iron fist just because you're a leader and just learning from your mistakes and not being afraid to make a mistake. And when you do make a mistake, understand that you are a human and don't let that thing beat you down to the point where, you know, you got that negative talk in your head. See what you messed up last time. Don't you, you don't want to do that again. I want to ask you, when's your birthday? September 8th. <laughs> I knew you was a Virgo, bro. Because <laughs> when you said you overthink. I saw myself in you because that's me. Like my wife be like, bro, you and you and your head, ain't you? Like when it comes to certain things in myself, mm-hmm. I be I be right all up in here. Mm-hmm. So when he said that, I was like, yeah, I think I think he's uh, he's a Virgo too. <laughs> September 6th. Okay. okay. <laughs> very, very yeah. close. Yeah. That's 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 some good answers, man. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I want to uh, I want to make sure that we catch the uh, the the. The business focus of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got down the family. Yeah. So, so, so the, uh, so like from a, from a wealth building standpoint, like what's, what, are, what are your plans for your, uh, you know, like for like wealth building for your family? You think about, all right, uh, I want to, you know, you mentioned leaving a legacy for your family, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, what are your plans to doing that and how do you plan on teaching them about, the blueprint of like the, the physical expression of like wealth. Um, so, you know, I think I've been, you know, trying to lay that foundation for the, for as long as I can remember. Um, I always, you know, teach them, you know, live, live below your means. Don't overextend yourself. And now it's just getting to, you know, trying to get them to understand how to invest and, and teach them about investing. So from a, you know, investing standpoint, you know, me and my spouse, um, she loves stocks and that's like her, her, her wheelhouse. So, you know, we invest in stocks. I, I kind of let her do the, the legwork because that's her strong suit. And mm-hmm. then we'll discuss it and, you know, make, you know, uh, adjustments based off of, you know, both of our feelings. Um, of course, you know, you have your 401ks on your jobs and then we're looking at some other avenues to, to, to bring in some dividend income and, and, you know, get that mailbox money as they say, right? <laughs> so from a, from a, um, a wealth building standpoint, a generational standpoint is just doing the things to set myself up for the future where one, I can, have that time freedom because ultimately that is my goal is to be able to do what I desire, what I want to do. So even through the, through the business that I'm, I'm, I'm migrating towards now and what I'm doing now is being able to, to, to maximize and leverage, you know, my gift and the money that I make from that and then turn around and invest it in things that 
produce dividends. Um, we know we're going to get in. We're at some point. My wife wants to get into real estate. Again, that's her wheelhouse. I'm not really too big on that, but you know, we're a joint, we're a joint effort, a joint team. So, you know, we're going to help. I'm going to help her do that. We're going to figure that out. Um, so that's one of the areas that we're going to be. Of course, you got to have your life insurance. You know, that's one thing I learned from my dad, you know, and I'm grateful for that because, you know, my mom is well set up. <laughs> um, and she don't have to, she doesn't have to worry about anything. You know, when he passed in, in 2000 and, um, she, she ain't missed a beat, you know, um, so just, you know, those things, you know, and, and no, go, no GoFundMe for, for, for our, yeah, our, our yeah, funerals, yeah. that, that type of thing. Just, you know, taking the, the net, the information that's available. There's so much information mm-hmm. out there, right? And if you just want to be like basic, you can find basic information that'll give you a blueprint and like, if you want to get in depth and that's your thing, probably I'm sure like you do, you're looking at, you know, charge, you're looking at profit and loss, profit and earning statements and all those things. So it's just figuring out what works for you. And at the, at the, at the, at the, at the minimum, at least invest in some stocks that, that pay you, pay some dividends. So and, we're and, doing all those things. And you mentioned you're moving into a new business now, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you leave in corporate America, moving into, a new a new path right yeah so honestly it's actually funny how things work out god's timing is impeccable so my, my goal is always to be an entrepreneur i think anybody like from the time i was 10 i had a lawn mowing business where i would walk, walk around mowing lawns you know making i think i was making 50 dollars a week then you know i thought i was balling back in you know 82 83 84 <laughs> right um so i've always had that entre- entrepreneurial spirit i just didn't know what it was you know tried a couple of things but it's like now it's like the clarity is there. Like God is saying to me is I'm going to take this gift that I've given you, even though you don't think it's a gift or you don't think you're good at it. That's how you know it's me. I'm going to elevate you using that the said gift. So I'm moving into like um, keynote speaking, um, leadership training, things of that nature. And I actually just came back from a conference a couple of weeks ago speaking at it. It was a, a diversity, equity, inclusion conference. And I, I delivered a, a keynote there. I really had a section there. Um, so working through that and the, the company that I was working for, we got purchased by a, a PE, private equity firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the company that pretty much is our parent company now, they kind of came in and took over everything and you start seeing the writing on the wall. So there's only so many positions, you know, C-level positions. There's only so many, you know, slots open. And then so things just kind of played out and it's like, bruh, it's, it's, you're probably going to end up leaving here. And the way that I envision leaving here is exactly how God allowed it to play it out. Mm-hmm. And so it worked out that way. Now I've been working and in, 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 in putting my energy and focus into this, you know, leadership speaking business. Um, so that's where I'm at right now with it. And honestly, if I if it wouldn't have worked out that way, I probably wouldn't have had the wherewithal and the 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 mindset to actually apply pressure to myself to make it happen because I'm so caught up from, you know, seven. Basically, I would be up at eight o'clock in the morning. To about six o'clock in the evening, I'm on teams calls all day back to back to mm-hmm. back. So when I get off, I don't really have time to, or I don't even want to try to build a business. You mm-hmm. know, I'm saying I want to do this and I got the mindset, but I'm not doing all the work that's necessary. So God's like, mm, move that out yeah. your way. Now you have no excuse to build yeah. it. Because ultimately that's what you were doing before as a manager, right? You were inspiring and motivating sales folks to go out there and 
Exactly. Go make some. So you like might as well just set up an LLC and exactly do it myself. I, mean, I think last year my my team did like I did like eighty six million dollars in sales, and they didn't pay me like less than than, 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 <laughs> than, than less than one percent of that in 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 in, in paying bonuses. Mm-hmm. Like when you start looking at the the the, uh, the equity and and what you get for for yeah you got the security of your check. Because you're going to get that every two weeks and you know it's coming in. But if you really want to get what you feel like you're worth or what you bring, you're basically going to have to go out on your own. It's like your boss is never going to pay you enough money to move next to them. Mm -mm. They'll pay you enough money to live in another suburb, uh, you know, like a nice little area. But they're not not going to pay you enough to, to move in the same neighborhood that they're in. Because that would mean that you're making as much as they make and they don't feel like you, you're worth that. You know, it's like like your grandma used to say, they, they want to squeeze blood from a turnip. Well, and I, and I think I think the interesting part about the world that we live in now is like what you were saying, the world is reshaping and with reshaping comes uh, a destruction of the old and the building of the new. Mm-hmm. But like it's an opportunity for guys like, you know, like us who are saying, hey, like, you know, like what Jay say, we good on any, any MLK Boulevard. So like, like I'm going to eat regardless. Right. I'm, ju- I'm just going to now have to go kill it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But I but, mean, think about it. It would never in your life, probably when we were, you know, in college or coming up that you could think you could take your cell phone and you literally have people making millions of dollars working from their cell phone. Like the opportunities are there is just about your mindset. And do you believe that you can go get it? And if you believe you're worthy of it, I think that's the biggest hindrance to anybody out there. Right. Is that, 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 that small level of fear that says, I I think I can do it, but what if I fail? What if it doesn't go right? Mm -hmm. And so that hinders a lot of us from even, you know, taking that step out and ever getting to where we desire to get. And before you know it, you, you, you hit 55, 60 and you're still working a job and you mm-hmm. never did anything that you desire to do because of that level of fear. And meanwhile, the person that is doing the very thing that you want to do is not as talented as you, not as smart as you, nowhere close to the person <laughs> that you are, but they're doing everything that you want to all because they had the, the faith to jump off the face. Faith, because that you you took up. Cause my my next question was gonna be. I'm sure you get this question, and I I never have a good answer. And now I'm on purpose. Don't have a good answer. You know, my wife would ask people ask me, cause I've been I've been uh, I, I never had a salary, so whenever I would start um, new ventures, people would go, uh, "How do you plan? You know, how do you plan to make this work?" And I used to just make up some. I mean, I didn't make it up. I thought it might work, but I knew it might not. Right. Uh, and so now I just go, I don't know, but it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I have faith. Like what, like what's, you know, what's your go-to when people are asking you, man, aren't you scared? Aren't you nervous? Like you got a, you got a family, people who depend on you. Like, what's your plan? Like, how do you plan to replace your income, you know, with speaking and all that? Cause that's, man, how do you, how are you going to do it? Uh, one step at a time. Uh, about through belief in myself. Honestly, I said to me, for me, I believe this is God that's pushing me down this path because I don't think I'm the most articulate speaker. I don't think I'm, just, I just don't think I'm just like this great communicator. But I have most people that I talk, man, you like, you said that, that was just resonated with me. So I know it's something in me, right? But it, it shows me that. I'm being led by God with this, right? Because I don't think I'm good enough to do it. So as every, every step that I make and when it works, it's like, 
See, I told you, if you just follow this path, I'm going to lay it out for you. Right. And so that's that's what keeps me going. That's my that's that's my faith tool. That's my faith life vest, because I see God is building the steps as I building the bridge as I step. Literally, I'm stepping and the bridge is coming. Right. So uh, that's my faith and just believe it in myself. Right. So if I don't take a chance on myself ever in life, what does that say about me? Mm-hmm. Like it's people out here that have built billion dollar businesses out of their garage and people that actually ask me those questions. I really don't answer them because one, I will not allow you to put a seed of doubt in my mind. I'm going to be all right. I just tell them it's, it's going to work out and it's going to work out mm-hmm. because if I let you plant that seed of doubt, hmm. then that, that only hinders me and that only makes me rethink my decision. Right. So I don't even really answer that question. <laughs> but if you know me as a person, you know that I'm rooted and grounded in faith and I've seen God put me like, I never thought I would be a director of sales. I didn't think I was like this just amazing leader and just like, like, truth be told, being transparent, I'm like, man, I don't think I'm smart enough to do that at times, right? Mm. That's probably what makes you smart enough. Yeah. 100%. But God put me in those situations. They, the, the role was presented to me. I didn't go after the role. Huh. Literally, he came to my OVP, came to me and said, hey, I, I'm going to hire somebody for this position. I think you would be a good fit. What do you think about it? I was like, hey, man, let me let me think about it. So I literally avoided him for a month. He would call me. I'd be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm in the middle of a meeting. Or I, I got this going on. Let me call you back. Okay. So then finally he called me. He's like, hey, I need an answer. And then so God is like, you're too comfortable where you're at. It's time for you to get uncomfortable. See what And, and see what you don't realize. Everything always works for your good, right? So this stretched me and gave me some tools for entrepreneurship <laughs> that I wouldn't have got if I would have stayed in my same position. Hmm. So God stretching you and making you uncomfortable is always for your growth. It's like plastic man. He stretch you <laughs> and you don't come back in 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 in, in form, but it's gonna make you stronger and you're gonna be able to grow. So this grew me and like I said, I, I never in, in a million years said I'm gonna be the director of sales and have a you know a ninety million dollar budget and have twenty one people working for me and all all the things that happen. So anytime anything like that, anybody asks me that question, I just like look at my track record. Yeah. In yeah. short. A hundred percent. I like that. I like that. I want to start to uh to 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 wind it down. Mm-hmm. But with all of that, in this transition, what is the most important thing to you that your family sees, understands um as you're going through it? The most important thing to for me is my family sees my faith in God my belief in myself and for them to understand that me doing this, making this transition, going down this path is going to allow me to, to, to build more generational wealth, you know, build up things to pass down to them and, you know, pass down to, to other generations. I see you have the, uh, the Proverbs three and five up on you talking about, you know, building that wealth to pass down to your generation. That's what, that's what we're supposed to do. And that's going to hopefully set the precedence for my children to change the trajectory of my family forever Mm. is to give them a leg up is I want to give them a leg up in life and not to spoil you, you know, not to make you soft, 
but to to show you what's possible and leave you some some cushion where you don't have to go through the struggles that we had, you know, coming up and and you know, like my mom, my grandmother, all of them come coming up coming from the projects. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm trying to set a standard for you, a standard of living for you that you can continually to elevate. Like I want what I do, I want my children to increase that by 5x. <laughs> And then their children increase it by 5x. So it's steady progression, 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 progression. So that's that's what I want my, my children to see. Evolution. And just understand that they're, you know, you, you 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 have a gift. Use it. Don't run from it like your dad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, September 6th, September 8th. <laughs> 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 Start tracing the family tree back. Um I think I think the time is uh is is well spent. You got any closing remarks? No, man. It, uh, so so uh, I guess you I guess you know I'll, I'll ask what you normally ask if you weren't going to ask it, but uh, you know, let everybody know where they can you know reach you and check you out if they want to. So you, uh, what's the name of like your 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 training company now? My training company is eighty twenty Faith Nation. Okay. Um, and what's they, the best way for folks to get a hold? Do you they follow can reach you? me on, uh, they can go to carlton-young.com. That's my website. They can book me to speak. They can shoot me a message if they're interested in training or any kind of leadership development. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at I am, it's at I am 8020 nation is my Instagram. Um, so those are the two best places to find me is on the website and on the, um, Instagram. And what's the 80-20? So it's 80% nutrition. It's just got a, it's got a dual, dual meaning, right? So it's 80% nutrition, 20% fitness. Mm. And then in life, 20% is a flip. So 20% of your inputs are going to give you 80% of your outputs. So you need to make sure that the 20% that you're focusing on is really where you want to go with your life. <laughs> so if it's like finances, if it's health, it's what, like, that's where the 20% needs to be honed in on so you can get the output on the back end so it's a dual meaning about life leverage 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 your time leverage your energy to get the best outputs in life thanks man appreciate you I appreciate you guys for having me man this has definitely been a pleasure enjoy the conversation Um, wealth wealth blueprint that's what's up (laughs) absolutely (laughs) you gotta hear first family Carlton Young has blessed us Uh, however you're seeing this make sure you watch all of it if you want the best results, if this is a clip, if you just got a, a snippet of it somewhere, make sure you go check out all of it. All of the information will be below along with Carlton's information. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Wealth Blueprint series. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace.